Make it five, count them five, series wins in a row for the Baltimore Orioles as they take the rubber match on Wednesday and take the series from the Boston Red Sox. I'll recap another great performance from Tyler Wells and the bullpen and where the Orioles go from here. Coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Thursday, April 27th, 2023, and welcome back into the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we're going to take a look and dive into the Orioles' 6-2 victory over the Boston Red Sox that got the O's a series win over the Sox, their fifth consecutive series win. I'll get you the five things you need to know from that game. And then we'll dive in a little further into Tyler Wells' start. He was great again for the Orioles. And he's made a little tweak in his pitch mix over the last couple of starts that's made him so good. We'll get into that, how he got a career-high strikeouts on Wednesday. And then we'll talk a bit about the upcoming series. Orioles and Tigers for four games in Detroit. Another big chance for the O's to uh, have an even better record as they head into May. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. Before we get there, just want to thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. And thanks to the everydayers out there, the ones that are here with us every single day on Locked On Orioles, whether you subscribe wherever you get your audio podcasts, or if you are like commenting and subscribing to the Locked On Orioles podcast page on YouTube. We thank you so much for being here with us on the Locked On Orioles podcast, and we hope you continue here with us as the O's. Pretty great start to this 2023 season. And continuing that start was another win on Wednesday. Final score from Wednesday afternoon at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. It's the Orioles 6 and the Red Sox 2 in that one is the O's. Take the rubber match. They get 2 out of 3 from Boston. They are now 16-8 and eight on the season after Tuesday night's loss snapped their 7-game winning streak. They get right back to it with a W on Wednesday. They go 5-1 and one on this six-game homestand before heading back out to play, quite frankly, another bad team in the Detroit Tigers. And I'm going to get you the five things you need to know from the Orioles' 6-2 win over the Red Sox. And the first thing you need to know, Tyler Wells just keeps getting outs. He does it different ways, but he just continues to get outs. Five and two-thirds innings for Wells on Wednesday afternoon. Two runs on four hits with a career-high seven strikeouts to just one walk, one home run allowed. He threw 102 pitches, which was also a career-high for Wells, but just five hard-hit balls. His ERA now down to 2.79. He's becoming a reliable starter for the Orioles. He was a reliable reliever at one point. We'll dive further into his start coming up a little later on the pod, but he continues to impress on the mound for Baltimore. Second thing you need to know from this one is Ramon Arias got a little lucky, but he had a really big day for the Orioles. Ramon getting the start in the eight hole at third base in this game, and he goes a perfect four for four with four singles and RBI and three runs scored. Now, hey, Arias didn't exactly light the world on fire in this game. I think we can all agree. He had only one hard hit ball out of his four hits. Again, all four hits were singles. But when you go four for four, that's a great day either way. He had some bloops. Let's just call it like it is. He had some absolute bloops. 
Single in the second, 85 off the bat. Single in the fourth, 81 off the bat. Single in the sixth, 78 miles per hour off the bat. And then in the eighth, he hits a ball hard at 103.2 to get another single. And he came up with a big RBI early in the game. All the singles count the same, but sometimes the ball is just coming off your bat well, or at least to the right spots. And Ramon Arias essentially had the anti-Ryan Mountcastle game on Wednesday, where generally Ryan Mountcastle scorches the ball and ends up one for four with a bunch of line drives. Ramon Arias hits a bunch of bloops and goes four for four. I'm sure Mountcastle wishes he had a day like that, but big day out of the eight hole for Urias, who he's not having the most amazing season, but he's now hitting 292. His OPS at 802 on the year just continues to be a very productive player for the Orioles. Third thing you need to know from this one is that Ryan McKenna had maybe his most impactful game of the season in this one for the Orioles. And it was nice to see him do it against the Red Sox because we know what happened against the Red Sox a couple of weeks ago for Ryan McKenna. But Taron Vavra got the start in this game in left field and had an 0 for 1 against the Red Sox starter, the righty Tanner Houck, who allowed three earned runs over five innings of work. But then our old friend Richard Blyer entered the game in the bottom of the sixth inning. At that point, it was a 4-2 to Orioles lead. And so Brandon Hyde went to the bench. You know, Taron Vavra has not handled lefties well, whereas Ryan McKenna has been better against lefties in his career. Plus, McKenna was probably going to come in as a defensive replacement for Vavra in left field at some point anyway. So they make the move in the sixth inning, and the move pays off for the Orioles and for Ryan McKenna. He ends up going two for two with a double and an RBI in this game coming off the bench, played a good left field, had two hard-hit balls in the ballgame as well, came out there against Richard Blyer in that sixth inning and got himself a single to start the O's rally where they loaded the bases and scored a nice insurance run against Blyer in that sixth inning. And then McKenna had, honestly, a really big RBI in the eighth, scorched a double into left center field, ended up being an RBI double that gave the O's a big insurance run to make it 6-2 to two in the bottom of the eighth, hit both those balls hard. Even if McKenna is just going to hit some lefties and play defense, he's somewhat valuable for this team. I still don't know if he's going to stick around for all of 2023, but this game was definitely a good step forward for Ryan McKenna. Fourth thing you need to know from this one is that, sadly, one streak is over for Yenier Cano. After retiring 21 consecutive batters to start the season with two outs and nobody on in the top of the eighth with the Orioles leading 5-2, to two, he hit Justin Turner with a pitch. It was sad to see he did not reach the Orioles' all-time record of 24 consecutive batters retired to start a season. He did get the next out, so Cano is still not allowed a hit or a walk this season through eight and two-thirds innings. He has allowed one base runner now with the hit-by-pitch. It was sad to see the streak end, but when you think about it, he continued to dominate. Cano comes in after a little bit of shakiness from Danny Coulomb in the seventh inning. Cano goes an inning and two-thirds scoreless, one strikeout, no walks, the hit batter, just one hard hit ball, 21 pitches is all it took for Cano to get five outs, just continues to be efficient as well. And that's 21 pitches where... It took him nine pitches to get a strikeout in that outing as well. So really it was 12 pitches for the other four outs, which is even more impressive for Cano, who struggled with his command so, so much in his career. It's just not the case now. 14 sinkers, five change-ups, two sliders, mixed his pitches well, only got two whiffs, didn't have as much swing and miss stuff, but was getting the Red Sox to just you know hit it to fielders, beat the ball into the ground, doing his thing. And his ERA is still zero, three and two-thirds innings. 
man, he is fun to watch. I mean, the Orioles have found an absolute gem in Yenier Cano. And the fifth and final thing you need to know from the Orioles' 6-2 victory over the Red Sox is that the rest of the bullpen still did its job, but in a little shakier version than Cano. Danny Coulomb was the first guy out of the pen for the Orioles after Tyler Wells allowed a two-out RBI single to Justin Turner to make it a 4-2 game in the top of the sixth. The Orioles went to the bullpen with Coulomb coming in to face the lefty Masataka Yoshida. He got Yoshida out, but then Coulomb came back out in the seventh inning and did allow a couple of hits, only got one out in the seventh. So he had to leave the game two on and one out in a 5-2 game. Luckily, Cano comes in, gets the O's out of the inning. And then they do turn to Felix Bautista. It was interesting. When the O's were up 5-2 in the bottom of the eighth, both Bautista and Keegan Aiken were warming. And it made you think, okay, if it stays a safe situation, O's will go to Bautista. If not, they'll go to Aiken. Well, the O's get the run in the eighth on the McKenna RBI double, but they still go to Bautista. Now, I do get it. I do definitely get it in that situation. It's still only a four-run game. Bautista hadn't pitched since Sunday, so you want to get him an inning because he's had two days off. And you want to guarantee you're going to win this game. And even when Bautista's a little shaky, he's still going to get you a win. Now, he did allow a hit and a walk to start off the outing, but then he settled back in, got two strikeouts, and posts a scoreless ninth inning on 18 pitches to just continue a season that hasn't been as dominant as he was last year but has still been dominant, had four whiffs on 10 swings. Guys don't have a lot of a chance against that fastball-splitter combination. The splitter command was a little bit better, which was really good to see from Bautista. Didn't have great fastball command, but the splitter command was better. That's been his issue, so that was a good step forward for Bautista on Wednesday, and the O's get the day game win to take the series from the Red Sox. But once again... The Orioles just getting some good starting pitching. And I know the starting pitching hadn't been great in this series. Dean Kramer was okay on Monday, and Kyle Bradish, frankly, was terrible on Tuesday. But Tyler Wells was really good on Wednesday. When we come back, going to dive deeper into Wells' start. How did he come up with a career high in strikeouts without getting that many swings and misses? We'll talk about it coming up after this. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts or accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items apply. Exclusions apply. So the Orioles win it 6-2 over the Boston Red Sox to take two out of three in this series, now 16-8. and eight on the young season, and Tyler Wells was a big part of the Orioles' win on Wednesday. Another another great start for Tyler Wells. He goes five and two-thirds innings in this game, came one out shy of getting himself another quality start, but five and two-thirds, two runs on four hits with seven strikeouts, one walk, and one homer. Again, 102 pitches thrown, five hard-hit balls, and the ERA is down to 2.79 on the season for Tyler Wells. And I want to key in on the seven strikeouts because... That is a career high. Also, the 102 pitches 
a career high as well for Wells after his last outing was a career high in innings when he threw seven scoreless against the Tigers on Friday night. Unfortunately, even though it's a four-game series, Wells will not pitch against Detroit coming up this weekend. But it's just so interesting to see Tyler Wells just kind of mix up every time the ways in which he can be a good pitcher. We saw him last year kind of cut down on the strikeouts, be more efficient, get deeper into games. We saw that last time out, seven scoreless innings, didn't strike out a whole lot of guys. But then he goes with a career-high 7Ks, and yeah, he has a career-high pitch count and can't get through the 6th, but 7Ks is 7Ks. But it was also still different because he didn't get a lot of whiffs in this game. Wells only got 8 total swings and misses in this game on 44 swings. That's not a great ratio, and it's pretty impressive to get 7 strikeouts when you get eight swings and misses. That's how you know your stuff is still deceptive because you're getting a lot of called strikes. He got 24 called strikes in this game, including 14 on his four-seam fastball. 14 of them on the four-seam fastball. That's a pretty ridiculous number. He threw 39 four-seam fastballs out of 102 pitches. And the velo was a little down. He was sitting 92, whereas he sat 93 for most of the season. But he was still getting Ks with that pitch. Even with the velo down, he was commanding it even better. And then what was also interesting was he was going to the changeup even more. We saw that in his last start against Detroit, more and more changeups. And the changeup ended up being his number two pitch on Wednesday. 39 four-seamers and then 24 changeups was his second most used offering. Now, on the season in general, the changeup is still pitch number four. Last year, it was pitch number three. It's been pitch number four this season coming into the day. But it's been kind of a steady split. He's been heavy four-seam fastball and then pretty even slider, cutter, change-up, curveball. Well, this outing is going to take the change-up to the number two pitch. He seems to have a better feel for it. It's moving more and more. It's got more vertical and horizontal break than it had last year. And it's becoming a better pitch. And even though he only got one swing and miss on the change-up on Wednesday, that pitch was going from ball to strike just enough and strike to ball just enough to get some soft contact, to get some called strikes, and get him through this game. And he wasn't perfect, and he wasn't crazy dominant, but 7Ks to one walk is 7Ks to one walk. He had the good stuff again. And I just continue to be impressed with Tyler Wells, how he just, he mixes up his stuff. And when you look at what has worked this season, you know, he's kind of gone away from the curveball a little bit this year. He, he did so again on Wednesday. Only 14 curveballs, only 10 sliders. Really didn't throw the breaking ball much uh, against the Red Sox on Wednesday. But it's just everything's working. Like, it coming into the start Wednesday, the four-seamer had a 120 batting average against it. The cutter, 167. The changeup, 182. The slider, 214. It's just like everything is working for him right now. And, you know, he's not getting, like, a lot of ground balls. He's still a fly ball pitcher. And so he's still prone to the homer. And that did happen on Wednesday. He gave up a solo shot to Masataka Yoshida to start the second inning that tied the game at one. He is going to be homer prone because of the way he pitches. And the new wall in left field helps him. But he's still going to give up homers to left-handed batters. But generally, because he doesn't walk guys and because he's so efficient and he gets guys out... He generally keeps his homers to solo home runs. And that is so big because especially with home runs up in baseball today, with even though we've got new rules, there's still a lot of three true outcome hitters, which is they either homer, they walk, or they strike out. It just means more homers are there. And we've seen good pitchers 
give up a lot of home runs. I mean, over the past couple of years, like Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole, and Justin Verlander have all given up like in the top 10 in home runs allowed. It is okay to give up homers. You can still be a good pitcher. The thing you have to do is limit the base runners and hold those homers to solo shots. Because if you're going to give up homers, that's fine. Guys give up homers in Major League Baseball in 2023. It just happens. But if you can hold the home runs to solos, you're not really hurting yourself. And if the home run ball doesn't hurt you because Tyler Wells, he's got the best command in the rotation. He just does not walk guys. He did it last year. He's doing it this year. Just doesn't walk guys. Then you give up the long ball. You turn around and you say, you know what? That's fine. That's one run on the board. Let's dive right back in. And you see it a lot from Wells where he'll give up a homer and it just won't phase him. Like he he goes and gives up the leadoff homer in the second, gets the next three batters out. Like it does not phase him at all. He's almost kind of used to giving up those solo home runs at this point. And it's kind of a good attitude to have. Just, okay, the home runs are going to fly. Let's get back to it. He's allowed four homers this year, and three of them have been solo, and the only other one was a two-run shot. So he limits the base runners, and the homers just don't hurt him. And that's how he gets through this, which is being a really consistent, solid arm on the mound for the Orioles. And, And whether he's in a starting role or if he has to go back to a relief role at some point this year, it may happen. He's just a solid reliable contributor and I mean I gotta say you gotta give props to Mike Elias and his team I mean this is one of the better rule five draft picks in the last few years in all of major league baseball to get a quality starter in the rule five draft that rarely happens but that's what the Orioles did with Tyler Wells but unfortunately for Tyler Wells who threw seven scoreless on Friday against the Tigers he will not be able to pitch in this series coming up in Detroit as the Orioles play the Tigers once again it's a four game set on the road Thursday through Sunday. And I'll preview that series coming up after this. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing, we're always changing. Things are just always changing in our lives, especially over the last few years. And therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. Well, BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a questionnaire, matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no charge. So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnMLB. So the Orioles win it 6-2 over the Red Sox with the help of Tyler Wells win the series. That is five straight series wins for the 16-8 and eight Orioles. And now they take on the Tigers, a team they just beat. In fact, a team they just swept in a series over the weekend. Three games set at Camden Yards. The Orioles win all three. And now they go to Detroit. Listen, Detroit was not a good place for the Orioles last year. They played in May at Comerica Park. It was probably their worst series of the year, and they were swept by a terrible Tigers team. Let's try to not have that happen. This is another chance for the O's to play well against these bad teams. I've mentioned the O's are in the midst of this 22-game stretch against bad baseball teams. They have played now 15 of those 22 games, 
and they're 12 and three. If you can finish strong, you're in a really good spot heading into May this season. So it's a four game set. And as I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, no episode coming up tomorrow. So this will be the final episode of the week. No Friday pod. I will be out of town for a wedding, but I will be back with you Monday to recap this entire series. So that's why I wanted to preview the entire four game set on today's episode. So the Tigers at nine and 14, kind of a similar thing that happened last time. The Tigers came into Baltimore having won five of six And then the Orioles stomped them in a three-game series. Then the Tigers went on the road and took two of three from the first-place Milwaukee Brewers. Now can the Orioles once again stomp their momentum? Now, to be fair, the Tigers did lose the Wednesday game, 6-2 to Milwaukee. So the Tigers now 9-14 on the season. It'll be Kyle Gibson versus Joey Wentz in game one of this series. A lot of these pitching matchups will be somewhat similar to what they were last weekend in Baltimore. Gibson, he was really good against the Tigers over the weekend. I mean, really, really good in his start on Saturday. Tied a career high with 11 strikeouts and just one earned run allowed over six and a third innings. Meanwhile, Joey Wentz was not as good. He was good against the Orioles last year, but Wentz got that start over the weekend against the O's and did not look like the same pitcher the O's saw last season. He allowed five earned runs on six hits over four innings of work. That is a 6.40 p.m. Eastern time start tonight. Then another 6.40 start on Friday. Grayson Rodriguez will take the mound against the Tigers once again for Rodriguez. A scoreless start on Sunday against Detroit. Five scoreless innings, six Ks, three walks, and five hits allowed. He will go up against Eduardo Rodriguez. Hopefully, the Orioles can hit a little bit better against Erod in this one because Rodriguez had a perfect game through six and two-thirds against the Orioles on Sunday before Ryan Mountcastle broke it up with a single. Ended up going seven scoreless with just the one hit and the six strikeouts. Of course, the Orioles came back to win that game. And then it's two day games to finish off the series. Saturday is a 1.10 p.m. Eastern time start. Here's where the matchups start to change. Dean Kramer will go in the Saturday game for the Orioles. Hard to figure out Kramer so far. Six and two-thirds scoreless against Washington. Then he gives up four runs over five and two-thirds against Boston. We'll see if he can kind of get back on the uh, path of consistency here against Detroit. And he will go up against Matthew Boyd, who returned to the Tigers after recovering from a pretty major arm injury over the last couple of years. The 32-year-old lefty has a 4-2-6 ERA with 19 strikeouts in 19 innings so far this season. His last start against Milwaukee was pretty impressive. Only went five innings this week, but he struck out eight batters, walked just one, and allowed only two earned runs. His stuff is a little different, but it's still nasty from the left side, so that could be a tough matchup. And then things finish off Sunday with Kyle Bradish going for the Orioles. Hopefully he can recover from what happened to him on Tuesday, seven earned runs in two and a third innings. It'll be a 1.40 p.m. Eastern time start Sunday, and the right-hander Spencer Turnbull, the 30-year-old, also coming off of an arm injury, will start this game for Detroit. Turnbull has not been good this year. 22 and a third innings, 7-2-5 ERA, just 15 strikeouts in that time. He has not been pitching deep into games either. His last start against Milwaukee, just four innings, two runs, three hits, two Ks, and three walks. I think for the Orioles this weekend, your goal, you swept the Tigers at home, which was perfect. If you can go take three out of four from Detroit, you come out of this series at 19-9, and feeling real great about your season so far. That should be the goal, get three out of four. Hopefully that's the case. 
And I'll be back with you here on Monday, recapping the entire four-game series between the Orioles and the Tigers and uh, talking about the O's off day on Monday and then getting you ready for Orioles and Royals, the series next week. But that's all coming up on Monday's pod. Again, no episode tomorrow. I'll be out of town, but uh, hopefully the O's can win this series on the road. And then I am back on Monday. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Good team.